welcome to a brand new episode of the Traction.gg podcast, where we talk about racing games, sim racing, and racing esports. Or in particular, this episode, sim racing hardware, because we're joined by Andre Eriksson, the CEO and co-founder of Danish company Acetech, and therefore by extension, Acetech Simsports. The new sim racing equipment manufacturer is making waves thanks to its Invicta hydraulic pedal set that launched recently. And, as you may have seen on the Traction website and YouTube channel already, the Pagani Waira R licensed pedal set as well. We also went hands-on with its new range of wheelbases and wheel rims at Gamescom. And so here, Andre talks about the company's foundation, where it's going to go next with a new third tier of products. So you'll be able to hear more about that how its relationship with Pagani came about and what its plans are for the future and where it sees the sim racing environment in general. Don't forget, if you've got any uh, interesting ideas or topics for discussion, please email podcast at traction.gg. That's podcast at traction.gg. And you can also let us know if you've bought any of the Acetech SimSports products and what your feedback is so far. So without further ado, Andre Eriksson talking about the future of Acetech SimSports. So, Andre, thank you very much for your time. Pleasure, pleasure to speak to you. Uh, I'm sure you're very, very busy at the minute, judging by what's uh, what we're going to talk about and what's uh, upcoming. But before we dive into that, you know, for for me, when you when you look around on the internet, Acetech, uh, a Danish computer and server liquid cooling manufacturer, if that's fair to say, predominantly in the past, sold or shipped many millions of units. Yeah. That you are the founder and CEO of. So, I'd like to know quickly. Just for those who might not know, in the sim racing sphere, what the company's legacy is, how it came to be, and and then why the jump to sim racing? That's a very good question, and, and it's not obvious, uh, at least until I explain it, I believe. But yeah, I, I founded the company more than 20 years ago, based on the famous uh, vapor chill compressor cooler. Uh, that was actually me who was behind that, and uh, I was working at Danfoss, so the compressor manufacturer. And then uh, from there on, you know, uh, we started to develop this all-in-one liquid cooling because although it was fun doing compressor cooling, it was not much of a business. So uh, we developed this all-in-one cooler. Just fast forward, we have very large OEM customers like HP, Dell, Alienware, uh, NZXT, etc. So yeah, we actually passed the 10 million unit uh, mark. So we have built a lot of them. And uh, I would not say we have been anonymous, but to many end users, we have been anonymous because we are selling to the OEMs. And uh, for sure, we have been looking for, for many years. Uh, perhaps a side note, I used to live in Silicon Valley myself for eight years. Uh, we still have our US offices. And uh, we have been looking for many years on, on what's next for Acetech because we are kind of a one-trick pony with the liquid cooling. And sometimes it's more healthy for a company to have more legs to stand on. So uh, my CEO, my COO and myself, we have been at uh, CES many times, other companies we could buy, other companies we could acquire. And we didn't really find anything exciting. And, you know, then, uh, you know, a lot of local companies in Denmark where we are, they support the local football clubs, they support the local handball clubs and so forth. What we did instead was we built an esports academy. So you have uh, 15 state-of-the-art Alienware machines, uh, obviously with our liquid cooling inside. And then, uh, you know, the young people in the region who are perhaps not uh, uh, fortunate enough to have their own high-end gaming PC, 
they can come and you know game for free and have fun. There's only one rule, and that is they behave. Okay. And um, you know, I'm not really much of a first shooter game person myself. So on the flip side, I've been involved in racing since I was 18 years old. I'm 49 now. And so I was like, hey, let's build some driving simulators as well. So uh, we built five driving simulators uh, in our esports academy. And I don't want to talk bad about any competition. But because I did that, I got to realize, okay, here's room for improvement. And then I started to look at it and say, okay, I have been racing for many years. My son is racing at a pretty high level. We really know something about racing. I have built simulators when I lived in California. More than 10 years ago, I built my first simulator. So I actually happen to know quite a bit about it. And uh, from a capability perspective with Asetech, we have mass manufacturing in China. We have sourcing. We have all the CNC machines and prototyping in Denmark. We have thermal engineers, we have mechanical engineers, we have software engineers, we have hardware engineers. So basically, uh, this is a mechatronics product and that's what we do for a living. So the sales channels, etc., is of course very different and the users are different. It's gamers, but different type of gamers. But from a product perspective, I would say doing the sim racing uh, without sounding arrogant in any way, because that's not my intent, but I think from a complexity perspective, it has almost been a step down compared to liquid cooling. Okay, so I guess, yeah, the sim racer or the racing game fan or the professional esports driver may not be fully aware because you're sort of being uh, behind the scenes. So like you mentioned, Alienware, your products are inside it, but they might not necessarily be aware of that. So, but you have this big company, this big investment, this infrastructure, people in place, teams in place to then transition across. So from the outside, it seems like an interesting step, but behind the scenes, it's more more logical, which is yeah fascinating. But I guess still there would be a need to recruit team members or build up research teams for the sim racing division. How, how was that? And, and when did when did that start? I think we started uh, just on top of my head probably a couple of years ago. And then I would say 18 months ago, we probably started uh, for real. So it's actually gone pretty fast. If you think about it, we have two full pedal sets in the market now. Yeah. Uh, well, we started from scratch. And so we have recruited internal members, you know, hardcore mechanical engineers, but software, hardware, firmware, motor experts, all that stuff, that's uh, that's new recruits. And uh, I think in the region where we are, ACTEC is a sizable company. We are listed on a stock exchange. And mm-hmm. for many engineers, they look at us as the ultimate playground. Uh, okay. if, if there's some tool worth having, we got it. So it has actually been um, surprisingly easy to recruit the, the, the right talent. Uh, as an example, because of the component shortage and we've had to do, redo our wheelbase PCB so many times, it turned out to be a you know very big task, much bigger than anticipated. So we needed a firmware guy. And at least in Denmark, these guys are almost impossible to get because they are so sought after, you know, for the mobile industry and, and so forth. But, you know, I'm like, let's try it. So I put something on my Facebook, I put something on LinkedIn and, you know, Literally a few hours later, our VP of engineering got an application from uh, from a guy, pretty much the corner, who's doing sim racing in his spare time. So you know, sometimes all you have to do is actually look for him. 
Yeah. That's crazy. So I guess you had the, the, the recruitment drive and trying to develop this new product line. The first one was the Invicta, which are, well, I don't want to boil it down too much, but I would say hydraulic pedals. Yeah. And uh, they're quite unique and they're extremely well-made and they feel excellent right from the off. And they're also not an entry-level product. So why, why go straight in there with the hydraulics, with the Invicta, first product, big launch? What's the thinking behind that? Uh, you know, a, a lot of sim sport companies are going in the, or sim racing companies are going in the other direction. They try to make their product more and more affordable. And I was afraid that if we did that, we would just be another one in the stack. And uh, I, I, I actually believe that our hydraulic pedals are like nothing else in the market. And um, I also believe that when you compare hydraulic pedals to hydraulic pedals, Ours are actually cheap. Uh, well, yeah, there is that. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So what we wanted to show is we could come in, make a diff technological difference, performance difference, uh, even a quality difference, but at much lower prices than what's uh, out there. Uh, you, you know, in, in all uh, in full transparency and honesty, it was extremely difficult to develop this uh, top cylinder. Um, and, and the reason is that if you if you consider it a race car, hydraulic cylinder in a race car, you know first of all you pretty much renovate them every year. Secondly, a race car doesn't really drive that much. So mm, yeah. from a reliability perspective, it's not that hard. But we made this uh, crazy idea that we wanted this uh, Thorpe cylinder to be able to last for at least one million activations at hundred bars. Now I'm not the quitter type, but I can guarantee you, I, 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 I had the thoughts. It, it was, it, honestly, it was extremely difficult to make it past these tests. And you know, like Murphy's law, pretty much the first prototype we ever built lasted one million activations. And then we were like, okay, this is easy. And then we probably had a gap of six, seven months where we could not replicate it and we did not understand why. Uh, almost went backwards a little bit to go forward. Yes, again. exactly. Yeah. There was beginner's log and then we got hit by reality. And <laughs> so we, we've learned a lot in the process and now, of course, we have it under control. But uh, that, anyway, that was the thinking behind it to come in in the high end, show what we are capable of and then move uh, down. Oh, I see. Yeah, because then you had the, the Fortes, which came later, yeah. which are load cells. Before we just jump onto those, it seems like the philosophy is not so much, okay, let's try and uh, match some sim racing companies here, but let's just think about how a real racing car would work and try and get as close as possible to that first before we sort of look at what other competition is out there. Is that is that a fair thing to say or not? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know... I, I really appreciate design, architecture, industrial design, you know, kind of products that are unique. So to begin with, we did not look at the competition. Well, you we still haven't. We did not look at the competition at all because I would say as a company, it's also below our dignity. Just go and copy others. Yeah. You know, we have the manufacturing muscle in China that there are certain vendors on the market that we could copy and make much, much cheaper than they are. But it's not even fun. So what we did instead, where we looked at the competition was what are they capable of? What's their performance level? And I think most uh, brake pedals, for example, on the market, they feel more like a sponge or more like a clutch pedal. Uh, 
And I know that being consistent in your braking will eventually also make you faster. So the thinking behind it was exactly as you said, we want to replicate a race car. And if then people would prefer something that feels like a soft potato, fine, then <laughs> products are not them. Uh, but we have, it was a big bet. I mean, it was a huge bet. And as, as I also assume you have seen, not everybody agree with our approach. Um, but what I can say, the reception among the, the press and reviewers, uh, but also by customers who actually bought them and owned them and used them for a while now, I mean, the feedback has been amazing and much more positive than I had dared hope for. Uh, I was actually going to ask you about the reception so far. So it seems, yeah. seems positive. I've only had a very quick go on some new pedals, which we'll, we'll talk about later. And my first impressions were extremely positive. Thank you. Um, but it's... The key thing is, you know, that people are spending significant sums of money on hydraulic pedals from someone who might be unknown to them. It's very key that the, the quality is there and, as you say, the testing, and it seems to be the case. Is it a challenge then to encapsulate that quality and that feedback on a load cell pedal set with the Fortes at a lower price range when compared to the Invictus? <laughs> Not really, because if you look at the reviews we have gotten on the Forza pedals, that has been crazy as well. <laughs> you yeah. know, uh, yeah. uh, some some reviewers, even some of the big ones, said that you know you could even argue whether the Invictus are worth it because the the, the Forza pedals are so good. Um, and and I can uh, I can disclose here; it's no secret that we will come with a set that's even lower priced uh, than the Forza. But it will actually feature the same brake system and the same pedals and, you know, same materials. And speaking again just of the Fortes and Invictus, I read that you were potentially planning on an upgrade path, potentially, between the Fortes and Invictus. Is that correct? Now, I, th I thought that was fascinating. I'm not sure I've seen why you could adapt the load cell to hydraulic from the original manufacturer. Yes, I can actually reveal a little bit more because what we are selling, and you will see it with the steering wheels as well, it'll be a platform. Yeah. So... If we talk about this new pedal set that I'm mentioning, that would be substantially lower priced than any of the others. But you can, in one time or in steps, yourself upgrade to either a full Forte or a full Invicta. Okay, and so you're not locking out people who can't afford it initially. They can build it up over time. Absolutely not. And they are not missing anything on the quality side, on the software side. They can just build on it in steps and you know, I don't want to sound like a, a green preacher man here, but, you know, from being in the data center cooling, etc., we do think about the environment. So that's one thing. The other thing is another big passion of mine is, is Hi-Fi. And okay. uh, you have this company called Lynn in, uh, in Glasgow. And, you know, you, you can have a, an amplifier from 2004 right. where you keep everything, the chassis, everything, and then on the ways up until now, you've been able to upgrade it and you can still upgrade it to the latest version, which I've done myself. And I think that's a great way for, for end users to get in, into our ecosystem and say, OK, I don't really need the hydraulics now. I don't know if I need them and at least I cannot afford them. Uh, but if I can get in cheap, then I can build on it, uh, you know, on the way. And I, I, I personally believe that's a great concept. I see. Yes. Yeah. So it lowers the barrier to entry. But then yes. it also provides uh, something to aim for. And then also it's just extra flexibility for everybody involved, isn't it? Yes. I like that. I like that. So if that comes to fruition, that's very exciting, I think. It does. Oh, be good. It does. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, okay, we're talking about you know going down the levels and being accessible and 
with a platform. But I think maybe potentially right at the top of the pedals will be these uh, Pagani Wire R set, which uh, we have a set and we'll be doing a full uh, review of video and written. Uh, that took me by surprise when that email landed. I thought, oh, okay, no messing about because Pagani's been around for, for decades in, in Italy there with uh, really high-end hypercars and supercars. Well-known, respected, especially for design. How, first of all, how did that relationship come about? No, I'm, I'm a big car nut myself. Uh, unfortunately, I've not been able to afford a Pagani yet. I hope the day will come. But, uh, you know, as you know, there are other companies in the sim, sim racing industry who got partnerships uh, with Ferrari, for example. I was like, what is the absolute top? If I could dream up a car manufacturer, I would like to team up with, who should it be? And on top of my list was uh, Pagani. And um, then, uh, I mean, you know, luck is when preparation and opportunity meet. Uh, and it so happened that a couple of years ago, uh, the Danish Pagani at Italian Copenhagen started. And okay. I was uh, invited by a friend and we went there and then I met, uh, met Mr. Pagani myself and talked uh, with him and, uh, you know, got his card. And then uh, at that time, we had not even, uh, I think at that time we... I don't even remember how far we were. We were in the in the development of the pedals, but anyway, I went home with this guard, and then I was like, "Hmm, I think this could be a cool idea. Wonder what he thinks." And then um, I have a, I have a few very successful friends, and, and a couple of them actually uh, ordered a Wira and they got one. So that's also why I know the guy. Ah, uh, okay. Um, They're very lucky people. Yes. Indeed. Hopefully they let you uh, borrow it for a few laps. In, indeed, and, and my son was actually lucky enough to, to drive one at Paul Ricard recently. Oh, and, uh, that's The cool. sound is amazing, but that's, uh, yeah. that's a different story. Yeah, we'll talk um, off air about that, that's fine. Yes. So <laughs> I approached uh, Pagani, we met uh, a few times, discussed it, and uh, and they agree. And, you know, if, if you buy, um, I'm not sure with all Paganis, but at least the, the track version, the customer actually gets a simulator. So that oh, I see. you can, uh, you know, race the car at home and in the winter time and prepare for track days, etc. So they liked the, the route we were taking here, and and that's where the, the reason we started with the pedals, of course, was that that's where we began. Uh, so we got the cat fires from the original car, and what you have in front of you is really what's in the car. We have obviously adapted it to our base. And we have adapted our hydraulic cylinder, but but the the way they looked, the shape, form, everything is like in the real car. And uh, uh, I was going to ask what exact relation they they have, you know. So yeah. it's more than just um, getting the name signed off. There is actually oh, yeah. real data yes. and. Because if it was only a name thing, then to me at least, I'm not interested. Uh, to me, that's more like the gimmicky kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So no, we have we have worked with their CAD files and also the way the brake is tuned with the. Elastomer that's in it makes it feel like the the, the real car. There have been some debates on the internet on whether a race car brake is hard or not. And yes, it is, period. <laughs> <laughs> and if you jump in the YRA R, it's not like hitting a wall. There is some travel, but then it becomes like hitting a wall. Okay. Uh, so initially there's there's a bit of give and then it's yes, solid. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I thought it was a really impressive relationship. Is it is launching these uh, pedals with this such esteemed 
brand name and partnership there. Is that a statement of intent? Is that something people can go, oh, right, this company's deadly serious about sim racing? Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, we did two acquisitions also. We spent a fortune yep. on this. Uh, okay. we, we are here to make it happen for sure. And and uh, let's see how the reception is with the Pagani uh, stuff. Of course, it's a, it's a branding game, uh, both for them and for us. Uh, but hopefully it's also a good business. And if it is, then uh, for, from, from both sides, I, I, I can share that this is just the first product. Okay. Oh, interesting. So there could be some yeah. more. And if you if you meet Horatio's standards, that's always a good sign, isn't it? You know, something I'm very proud about, and this is not uh, marketing BS, something I'm very proud about was the first time I was in the atelier, I said, uh, or I put a piece of uh, pedals on, on the front desk, and then uh, Horatio dropped by, and then he looked okay. at them and held them in his hands and said, whoa, this is like a piece of art. And wow. then he took off. And then he's, but I didn't know him at the time. So, you know, could be he was telling that to everyone. I didn't know. But then his, uh, some of his employees told me afterwards that Andre, this is a very big compliment. That's not something he does very often. Uh, yeah. so, so that actually made me proud. I was like, okay, if you can impress Horatio Pagani, then yeah. not too bad. <laughs> yeah, you do, you do it okay. All right. So, future Pagani products as well. That's, that's very interesting. Speaking of real world, brands in terms of Pagani, and we mentioned Horatio Pagani, who's the, the lead of that company, and he's a well-respected person within the automotive industry, a well-respected person within the motorsport industry, let's say, is Kevin Magnussen, yeah. and you have a partnership there. Yeah. Um, what's it been like working with him? And now that he's also become a Formula One driver again, which is really yeah. fortuitous timing, I think. Yeah, but first of all, Denmark is a small country, so it's not like I would say Kevin and I were bodies, but I, I, I knew his father and you know, okay. we know a lot yeah. of the same people. So that's, of course, always fun. And uh, of course, it's, uh, you know, I'm a big entrepreneur, so of course, it's also fun to watch Formula One on TV and see your own brand name start up or back up. Kevin has said on live TV, and many people heard it, that he never used simulators because mm. they didn't help him. And to him, it was a toy. Yep. Then, uh, you know, he stepped out of Formula One and then he got into, uh, was a Chip Ganassi he raced for in Him the so. Yeah. And there, you know, he went, he came on new tracks because he was the pro driver. He perhaps only got three, four laps in the car. Mm -hmm. And then he had to be there for qualifying. So there, uh, simulators actually helped him big time. So he changed his view a little bit about it. And then uh, we came along. And just like I said with uh, with Pagani, Kevin is not really, and, and the same with us, he's not really interested in taking a pair of our Forte pedals and then, you know, put a Kevin Magnuson logo on and sell it like that. Yeah, okay. Um, the, the vision here is we want to, and now we get into the wheelbase territory, of course. Yeah, uh, yeah nice segue. Yeah, we, we want to make it feel like a Formula One car. And, you know, I don't care what people say. There may be 10 other companies out there doing wheelbases and say this is realistic. They don't know. I don't know. You know, you, you need a Formula mm. One driver to tell you if it's right or not. Interesting. And uh, that's what we have used uh, Kevin for. So the way I look at it is that people who buy our wheelbases, whether it's a firmware or software upgrade or how it will work, we don't uh, exactly know yet. But the idea is that we will make something that makes the wheelbase feel like a Formula One car. 
it may mm. not be fast in sim racing. It could be, you know, in sim racing, my guess is it's actually much quicker not to have a lot of force feedback versus having a lot. So it's really about, do you want to win sim racing games or do you want to feel it, uh, that, that it feels right? And that's what we're trying to do with Kevin. And, uh, you know, something that's actually uh, a quite funny story or anecdote here is that the first time uh, Kevin was uh, in our labs, you know, the deal was actually, or the agreement was actually, we should talk about the business side of it. But even though the guy is a full-time uh, Formula One driver, it was almost impossible to get him out of the simulators. It, okay, it, that's good. Cool. You know, we actually had to pick him or remind him several times because he just kept driving and, and having fun. Um, and, and with our engineers, we actually succeeded in getting, let's say, very close to how a Formula One car actually feels. And, and trust me, it's very different to a standard uh, sim racing wheelbase. Okay, well, let's, let's talk about that because I'll be visiting after we've spoken today. Uh, in, a, in a few days' time, we'll both be at Gamescom. My understanding is Aesthetic Sim Spots will be there and you've got some uh, prototype wheels and wheelbases. Yeah. What can you say about what, what will be there? What, how, how are these wheelbases different? You mentioned they're a Formula One car feel, a Formula feel. So is that is that the key differentiator, do you think, for this upcoming range of products? Uh, no, not at all, because no. okay. the, the Formula One feeling is something you can turn on and off. That would be oh, a I software, see. Uh, that would be a software thing. So let's say that you want uh, today to to race uh, Formula One 22. Mm-hmm. Then, you, uh, then I imagine that you can upload this specific firmware or some specific settings. Then it will right. feel like a Formula One car, but it will not feel okay. like that all the time. I see. Um, I think on the wheel basis, uh, I'm not sure whether you know or not, but you know we acquired some IP from Granite devices, uh, so uh, Simicube, yeah. um, a few years back. The reason we did that was that, uh, at, at least in my head, they were on, on top of the list, both in terms of uh, performance, so how does it feel, Mm. Uh, but also in terms of quality, I, I really liked it. Um, so to to gain some time, we bought uh, some IP from them, which in, in reality is really they helped us bringing our stuff up. That okay. was you, you can say in essence that's really what we bought from them. Okay. Uh, our motors will not look like theirs at all, or, or the, our software will not look like theirs. But we got uh, some of their firmware code and some of their methodology and some of their engineers helped our engineers to to bring it up. So from that perspective, I believe that we will be right up there uh, among the best uh, from the get-go. From the start, yeah. Yes. And then I would say our motor is not just a standard servo motor. Uh, you know, these motors are industrial motors with, uh, I guess, 140 millimeter flanks, and, you know, they could just be used as a CNC machine as in a, as in, in, in a simulator. So we changed that a little bit. We designed it from the ground up. So the aesthetics will look more like a gaming device. Let's put it like that. The LED lights we have in the pedals will also be in the wheelbases. Of course, you can turn it off if you don't like it. Yeah. We uh, we developed uh, quite a, a genius uh, quick release, if you you ask me. Um, I've seen the video where, you, where you, and it looks very unique, right? Yes. So you've got this puddle, and then yes. there's no. Uh, wire, so you can have a display without wire or Bluetooth yes, uh, cable. Yes, exactly. is, that, is that correct? What's, yes. the, what's the methodology behind that? Has that taken a long time to prototype and get working? 
Uh, yes, it has, because uh, if you've seen my video, you will also see that in a real race car, nobody cares about play, you know. Right. Yeah, it. interesting. Yes, but sim racers, they don't like play in anything. It has to Absolutely be not. <laughs> um, so so it, it has taken a while, and that's, as you probably also know, that's also based on, on Granite's design. Uh, but the problem in their design is that they don't have the electrical connectors. And uh, although it's not a, a big deal to put that locking pin in, uh, people just don't like it. It's not mm. easy enough. Yeah. So, so what we have done is we have developed that further. And I think where we may also be uh, quite unique is from today, let's say you're a 15 year old kid and you spend all your savings on uh, sim racing hardware. You cannot mix and match anything. You basically have to decide which manufacturer do I want to marry? Yeah. And uh, I don't like that because I, I think that is limiting the business more than it's expanding it. So what we are actually in the process of is this particular quick release to offer that for, for sale for you know to other steering wheel manufacturers. Oh, I see. And, and it will not be uh, inflated prices. It will be very fair prices so that you know, people can actually make and match steering wheels and wheelbases. You don't have to tie into one specific manufacturer. Um, so that's also why I think we're a little bit different. Um, and in terms of wheelbases, the, the current plan is that we will have exactly the same as, I mean, here we also looked a little bit on the car industry. Mm. I don't like these, uh, you know, product names that uh, they start with Hyper and then they become Mega and then, you know, it's very difficult <laughs> to understand. So we will have Invicta, top of the line, Forte, uh, value uh, or, or mid-segment, and then we will have uh, what's called La Prima. It will be the, the most affordable range that we do. And that's the way we intend to continue. Okay, so um, three clear brand names that, that determines yeah. the customer what sort of pricing level are yeah. from, from the start. So, so independent of whether it's a steering wheel or it's a pedal set, or it will be the simulator rig, you always know the Invicta is top of the line, and yeah. then Forte, and then La Prima. If you look at BMW, their three series, for example, how old yeah. that is, it'll be. I imagine it's the same here that we will keep using the Invicta name. Then it will just be different generations uh, okay. as we go along. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, right. That makes sense. Uh, that's uh, quite easy to understand and obvious. Yes. Once, once you know, that's cool. Okay, so you've got uh, potentially then several different wheelbases and wheels. You've got this unique quick release system. Just want to clarify something there about when you said you would sell this quick release system to other companies. Is that a business to business thing or is it a consumer thing where I can buy a quick release and it adapts to different wheels? I, I think on the consumer level, we will, we will make whatever adapters are feasible. Okay, right. So, so adapters, yeah. The problem, of course, is that many wheel manufacturers are doing their software and their hardware differently. So mm -hmm. it's not, unfortunately, as easy as many end users uh, would like. Okay. Um, also, as you saw from our video, that uh, you know our wheelbases will have the electrical wires inside the shaft, yep. meaning that you don't have any wires uh, flapping around. But if you happen to have a wheelbase where that's not the case, then of course our quick relief cannot do magic. We can only do the mechanical interface. Of course, yeah. Um, but for the B2B statement, yes, we will, uh, I'm just picking the name, Gomez, for example. Uh, I'm not in dialogue with them, so I don't know where we are. They could be okay. us off and it could be we not even talk to them yet. So it's just to illustrate the example. Um, we would offer them 
to buy at least the half part of our quick release. Okay. They could also buy the motor part of interest, but they could buy the half part for a very fair price. Interesting. And then, uh, you know, we could do the same with the other wheelbase manufacturers. Uh, and then people were like, well, then we will be logged into your ecosystem. No, not at all. <laughs> On the contrary, mm. we will be able to mix and match steering wheels uh, across manufacturers. Uh, ah. um, because we only do the, the, the quick release. Then if people want to buy a steering wheel from Gomez, it would fit our uh, motor. And if other motor yep. vendors, they also used it, it will also fit their motor. And then for the first time, it will actually allow end users to mix and match wheel and wheel bases as they want and not be concerned that they will have a thousand dollar doorstop. I see. Okay. Well, that seems like it's a, that's a grand vision and there obviously needs to be a lot of work to do. But if that becomes a reality, that seems like a, a good moral standpoint to help the end consumer ultimately. So that's, at, at least I can say from my perspective that we will be offering it, whether people buy into yes. it or not. Okay. Yeah. So we, we have the intent to not try mm. and block uh, customers in. Yep. Um, but if we do, then it's because the others won't play along, and then of okay. course, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's challenging. Business can be a challenge sometimes, but let's let's hope that progresses. All right. Well, I don't want to keep you up too much longer, and there is a lot we can talk about. But I'll just rattle through a few things. So obviously, you have the the Race Hub software. Uh, I think there on the left hand side is that what I saw or at least on a video there was like some gear shifters and some motion simulators mentioned so just quickly on the gear shifters is that in the plan for future products as well yes we we intend to provide a full ecosystem and uh, I would say the gear shifter is not on top of our list Uh, I I can uh, I can easily tell you what we're looking at next year and for next year we are looking much more into you know developing our software because everything has gone so fast now that there are a lot of features we would like to implement and then we would uh, start focusing on the rig okay we, yes we have a lot of great ideas on on actually how to build a rig uh, so that's what we want to do next year so that hopefully if we talk again at uh, the same time next year yep, then definitely. you will have a rig uh, behind you and not just a set of pedals and then, okay. of course, we have the wheelbases, the wheels and the pedals, and hopefully also seats so that you can pretty much buy an entire package. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. And what are your thoughts on uh, motion simulators? I would like to get there for sure. Uh, I think for a real race car driver, uh, I think contrary to what many people believe, they should not be moving a lot. I would say one yeah. to two centimeters because elsewise it becomes arcade. Mm-hmm. And the reason why we are doing that last is that's obviously where you have the least amount of uh, buyers because yeah. it is quite difficult. A niche yeah, it is difficult to do it inexpensively. But but for sure we are getting there. And and you know our grand vision, the reason why it's called Asiatech Sim Sport and not Asiatech Sim Racing, mm-hmm. is I believe in the future we'll be moving into the into flight sim industry perhaps bicycles, perhaps golf, you know, all kinds of simulators. That That's the vision long term. Oh, I see. Start with the sporting motorsport aspect and then potentially move yeah. on elsewhere. Oh, that's fascinating. I didn't realize that. How do you see from the outside looking in when you were, before you started the sim sports uh, division, how healthy do you think sim racing and racing esports is uh, in general? Does it have room to grow and expand? And if so, how would it do that? 
That's quite philosophical, though. It's quite. Yeah, but it's it's a very relevant questions because, as you know, we are listed on the stock exchange, so I get these questions all the time. <laughs> and uh, I've been in, let's say, um, early stage market before with our liquid cooling. The nice part is you can uh, grow, you can develop new products, acquire a lot of new customers. That's always uh, very pleasing uh, to do. The frustrating part is, unlike a mature market, you cannot really get any reports that will tell you how big is the market opportunity, etc. But when we started Acetech Simsport, as I already told you, we bought some IP from Simicube, and then we bought UGG, a UK-based company. I personally made a list of more than 100 companies that was on my list to acquire and we went through all of them. Uh, so the way I see it is Fanatic or Indoor is a public company, so it's their revenue is uh, well known. I think it's, let's just say, 100 million euros. Then I think there's this whole forest of smaller companies, who, all of them specialize in pedals or gear shifters or something like mm. that. And I think it will not be too far off to estimate that all of them together is also 100 million. Okay. And then I think we have a new, uh, a few upcomers uh, from China. That's the, from, seen from my chair, the usual struggle that, let's say they are at the lower end of the cost, mm. uh, but then perhaps on the design and features and customer service, uh, at least dealing with people in the West, uh, is not the greatest. And then where I see ourselves is something bridging those uh, gaps. Okay. Um, you know, uh, it, it would be an insult to a 15-year-old and tell him that our Invicta pedals are cheap, of course. Um, yes. yeah. but, but, but if you look at uh, some of the other hydraulic pedals on the market, they are cheap. And yep. we will not be launching a $79 pedal set for sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I imagine you can get Forte quality in the $300 range uh, from us at some point, mm-hmm. which I believe to be a fairly good value, actually. Okay. Well, that sounds like it's, uh, yeah, like I said, bridging the gap. It's something new. I like the approach so far. Thank so you. basically, thank you very much for your time, and I hope to see you in Gamescom. Well, thank you very much to Andre for his time there. I hope you enjoyed listening. If you're on YouTube and watching this, let us know in the comments below what you think about Acetech's future plans and if that was interesting to you and whether or not competition is better for the industry or not. If you're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, please do like, follow, subscribe, rate, leave us a review. For those on YouTube, just a reminder that going forward, this podcast will predominantly be in audio-only formats, so Spotify and Apple Podcasts, as I've mentioned already. But we will do the occasional video one as a special episode like we did with Andre here because we talked about so much exciting news. Otherwise, thanks for listening. Keep it pinned.